Hello, my love, and welcome to another episode of the Faith-Based Storyteller Show, where we sharpen and encourage one another in Christ. I'm your host, Michaela Robertson, and thank you so much for joining me for another day, another week, and another Faithful Friday, where we are actually going to dive into the Word of God. Now, I was very excited about this week because, um, as you guys know, in the previous episode of the Faith-Based Storyteller Show, the Faithful Friday episode, we were studying parables. And as I was studying the next parable in Matthew 13, the parable of the wheat and the weed, it actually ended up diverting me to one scripture that we are going to focus on today that is not even found in that chapter, Um, but somehow we ended up here. And so today we're going to talk about humility. We're going to be focusing on Matthew chapter 5, verse 5, which says, blessed are the humble for they will inherit the earth. This is the CSV version that we're reading from. I'm sorry, that was that actually the, yeah, the CSV version that we're reading from, but the NIV version says, blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. Now there was something about this scripture that caught my attention. This is part of the the Beatitudes. This is Jesus's Sermon on the Mount where he goes up to the mountain uh, to spend time with the Lord. And when he comes back down, he gathers his disciples and he starts talking to them. And beatitudes means blessing. And so he starts uh, thrusting or uh, appointing these blessings upon his disciples and the crowds that are before him. And this is a very significant moment in Jesus's teaching and preaching because so many people are, uh, how do I want to put this? They, They are drawn to this sermon specifically. And it's something that even today in churches is, glorify the many blessings that God bestows upon us. You know, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who are humble. Blessed are those who are hungry. Blessed are those who are merciful. Um, The entire Beatitudes chapter or Beatitudes passage can be found in Matthew 5 verses 3 through 10. But we're not focusing on the entire passage today. There was one passage, one verse, one scripture that we'll be focusing on. And again, that is Matthew 5, 5. Blessed are the humble, for they will inherit the earth. Now, I don't know where you are in life. I don't know what season that you are in in your life right now. But there is something about this word that speaks to the season of life that I am currently in. And so I wanted to dive into this further for myself while studying. And then once I finished this study, I was like, all right, we got to share this with the people. (laughs) I can't just like, it's too good for me to just like, hold for myself. Now I'm cool with holding for myself, but y'all are here. We are faith-based storytellers. We are sharpening each other in Christ, which means we are reading the word of God. We are increasing our faith. So I couldn't just let y'all like be out here hanging. So today we're focusing on Matthew 5, 5, and we're going to break it down. And then we're going to just kind of summarize it in our story method as we did the previous episode. So when we talk about blessings, right, we talk about the, the Beatitudes, the entire uh, origin or like if we look at the context of this passage is this is the Beatitudes. This is a sermon that Jesus delivered on the mount where he does bestow blessings. Now, Beatitude means blessed. But when we think about how we say, you know, like, oh, I'm so blessed or um, God bless you or you receive so many blessings. Do we actually know what it means to be blessed? And so when I looked up the word blessed, the actual definition of blessed means to be made holy, those who live with God in heaven, to invoke divine favor upon, 
or to ask God to look favorably on you. So when we talk about being blessed, we are talking about being made holy. So when I say, oh my gosh, I'm so blessed, it's not just a matter of the things that I've accumulated in life. It's how God has purified me, how he has uh, erased my sins, how he has made me holy, how I am consecrated before him. But it's so interesting because the word blessed originates from the word blood. And when I was doing the study and I was diving into the origin of these words, Bless the old English definition, the old English word is blood or blood sin or blood, blood sin. So blood with a T, blood with a D. And it means to mark or consecrate with blood. And so when you take the definition of the old English blood and you combine it with the Latin definition benedicere, which means to praise and to worship, you receive bliss, which then translates to blessed. So when we say that we are blessed, we are saying that we have been marked and consecrated by the blood. It is only through the blood of Christ that we can be made holy. It is only through the blood of Christ that we can live with God in heaven. It's only through the blood of Christ that we can evoke divine favor or that we can be looked favorably upon by our heavenly father. We are blessed because of the blood of Jesus. And so when we look at the, the Beatitudes and he starts everything with blessed, we can further understand that blessed, like blessed are the poor in spirit. They are blessed by the blood of Jesus, through, through the blood of Matt. Like th this is Jesus speaking. This is before his death. They don't know what's coming. So like, can you imagine you're hearing these words and you're like, wow, we're so blessed. Like we are going to be blessed because we are poor in spirit and we remove our, our desires and we replace them with, with our father's desires. You're like, we're going to be so blessed. We often think of blessings as tangible things. We think of blessings as what we are going to receive on earth. And though this is true, this is not the origin of it. Jesus is foreshadowing what is to come. He's foreshadowing that through my blood, you will be made holy. He's saying that through the bloodshed on the cross, because he knows what's about to happen to him. He knows his time. He knows what God has orchestrated him to do. He knows why he's on earth. He knows that he's going to come to erase sins. And so he's speaking on this mountain. He's delivering this message that's saying through the blood, that I'm going to shed for you, shall you receive not just the things of this earth, but also the things of heaven. And so we are blessed, we are made holy, we are marked, we are consecrated by the blood of Jesus because the origin of the word blessed stems from the old English word blood. Now, the scripture says blessed are the humble. Now, there's two different um, translations that I wanted to point out because like I said, CSV says, blessed are the humble, where the NIV version says, blessed are the meek. And so we're going to look at both of those for a second. We're going to start with the NIV version first, actually. When it says, blessed are the meek, many people look at the word meek as weak. In, the, in today's society, for sure, we look at meek as weak. You know, if you are weak, you will be blessed because when you are weak, the Lord is made strong. Yes, this is true, but this is not a weakness as in 
you have to be completely broken down and have absolutely nothing in order to receive blessings from the Lord. Meek means to be gentle of spirit, mildness of disposition. And when you look at the concordance definition, it actually says gentleness. And when I actually um, look this up uh, in the uh, Blue Letter Bible app, the Blue Letter Bible app on our phone, you can pull it up and pull up the translations and you can look up the concordance. This concordance actually went into a lot deeper explanation. And I'm going to share the explanation that it shared with me, with you today, so that you can gain a deeper understanding. Meekness. Meekness toward God is that disposition of spirit in which we accept his dealings with us as good, therefore without disputing or resisting. In the Old Testament, the meek are those who wholly rely on God rather than in their own strength to defend against injustice. This means meekness toward evil people means knowing God is permitting the injuries they inflict and he is using them to purify his elect in his time. Gentleness or meekness is the opposite of self-assertiveness and self-interest. It stems from trusting God's goodness and control over the situation. The gentle person is not occupied with self at all. This is a work of the Holy Spirit, not of human will. Now, what I love about this is that it talks about meekness being the disposition of spirit in which we accept God's dealings with us as good. I often bring up that when God created the heavens and the earth, he said that it was good. When God created man and woman in his image, he said that it was good. When God creates, and we are called to create and imitate our creator, when God creates, what he created was good. And so when we are in a spirit, when we have a position, right? When, when we allow our spirit to accept that anything that God is dealing with us is good, we will not dispute it and we will not resist it. We will not push it away. We will not uh, give it back. We will not doubt it. We will have complete and full belief in it. Where it said next in the Old Testament, those who were meek relied, um, relied wholly on God rather than on their own strength to defend against injustice. Meaning that when we completely rely on the Lord, when we are meek, then we are placing all of our trust in God. Proverbs 3, 5 says to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. All, all, where's my heart? There it is. All of our heart and lean not on our own understanding to acknowledge him in everything we do and he will direct our path. And so being meek, having a gentle spirit is being submissive. It is being submissive to the Lord, it is submitting our will so that God's will can be done. And what I also love about how the concordance broke this down is that it says, this meekness toward evil people means knowing God is permitting the injuries they inflict and he's using them to purify his elect in his time. So anything that may have caused us pain, anything that may be trying to discourage us or bring us down, or any schemes of the enemy, the Lord will use to elect. He will use them to purify the people he has chosen in his time. There is nothing that has been done to us that can keep us in that space the entire our entire lives. God is the way, the truth, and the life. And so if we want complete healing, 
if we want forgiveness, if we want our injuries or our pain to be completely taken away and erased, if we want to experience new life in Christ, it is coming through the blood because blessed, made holy are the meek. The, those gentle in spirit, when we are submitting to the Lord, we will be made holy. When we are allowing our disposition to look at God as all everything he is doing is good, then we are able to live with God in heaven. We are able to invoke divine favor when we trust wholly and completely in God's will. And then what I also says is what I also love is that it says gentleness stems from trusting God's goodness and control over the situation. And so it goes back to trust, but it says it's not a work of hope. It's not a work. Of, this is a work of the Holy Spirit, not of human will. And it references Galatians 5.23, which we're actually going to take a look at right now so that we can get a deeper understanding of what that means. Ephesians, Galatians 5, verse 23. Oh, praise God. So this is where it talks about the fruits of the Spirit. Galatians 5, verse 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The law is not against such things. Now, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit, not, or let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying, or disputing one another and so when we talk about that last part where it says this is a work of the holy spirit not of human will the fruits of the spirit when we receive love when we receive joy when we have peace when we are able to be patient when there is kindness involved when there is goodness involved because remember everything that god created was good when there is faithfulness and we are continuously persevering in the mission that god has given us in our life when there is gentleness when we have self-control because we are able to control our emotions. We are able to control our gentle spirit. We submit our spirit to the Lord and know that everything that he's doing with us is going to be for our good. It's going to be a blessing. Then we are operating in the fruits of the spirit and the Holy Spirit allows us to be blessed because of our gentleness, because of our meekness. But look at, let's look at the other definition, right? So this was the NIV. It says, blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. But we're looking at CSB, blessed are the humble. Now, before I dive into humble, I want to give you a little backstory. The Lord told me that he was going to help me. There's actually an old episode in this podcast called The Lord Will Help You. I explain that story in memoir. However, I am in the process of writing this book. And when the Lord told me that he is going to help me, he broke this down for me and an acronym of what help means. Now, this may not apply to everyone's life, but I know for sure that it applies to mine and that it's going to bless others. When the Lord told me, told me personally, Michaela, I will help you. What he meant for me is that he was going to heal me, encourage me, love me, and protect me. Now, this is only the foundation of help from the Lord. I knew that I needed healing because of the situations and the trauma that I had been through. I knew that I would need to find encouragement because there was so much doubt that the enemy was trying to spew into my life, into my mind, into everything that I was doing, that I would need to be able to find encouragement in the Lord and also encourage myself in the Lord. I knew that I was going to need love. 
because love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, uh, it does not rejoice in wrongdoing, love perseveres. If we do not have love, we do not have anything. And so without love, honestly, like we don't have anything. So I knew that I needed love. His help was going to be love. And then I also knew that I needed protection because when I received this word at the time, I had lost my father. And so the man who I assumed to be a protector in my life, uh, he was no longer here. And so my heavenly father, I needed him to step into that place of protection. Yes, I have my husband. My husband can also be my protector. But even when I go outside, I can't always be with my husband. And so I need my father, my heavenly father, to protect me. That was the foundation of help. But when the Lord also gave me the word help, he said that once you have this foundation established and you know that I'm going to heal you, you know I'm going to encourage you, you know I'm going to love you, and you know I'm going to protect you, then we're going to go to the next level of help. And that is where he told me that he is going to humble me elevate me, lead me, and position me to do his will in my life. So the first part of that help is humble. So I think I was drawn most to this uh, to this, this verse, because I told you guys, this is not what we were going to talk about today, but I got sidetracked and it led us here. But I think I was drawn to this verse because when the Lord says, blessed are the humble for they will inherit the earth, it reminds me of how he said he was going to humble me. And so if I know that I am made holy, blessed, right? I am blessed. I am made holy. I am marked or consecrated with the blood of Christ because of I'm humble. Blessed are the humble. That means that I need to be humble. I need to prioritize humility. There are things that are going to come up in my life that I may seek or need favor from the Lord on. And it's going to be a mark of not what I'm doing in the external, but what I'm doing in the internal and how humble I am and how I humble myself before the Lord. So let's look at the definition of humble, right? Humble means not proud or arrogant, having or showing a modest or low estimate of one's own importance, lower in dignity or importance, or decisively defeating one that was previously thought to be superior. And so when we are humble, we have a quiet, gentle, submissive spirit which was the same as meek, gentleness of spirit, mildness of disposition, but humble requires us to remove pride. It requires us to remove, I know everything and you can't tell me nothing. It requires us to remove, if it ain't my way, it ain't nobody's way. It requires us to remove arrogance and pride. And it requires us to not look at ourselves as more important than anyone else. Literally, there are so many things that are halted in our life because of pride. And I don't know about you, but I know that I dealt with stubbornness and pride for a very long time. And I can sit here and tell on myself because the Lord gave me a spiritual whooping. And so once you get a whooping and you start learning, the Lord disciplines those he loves. Praise the Lord. Um, once you get a whooping and you start learning, you can recognize your faults. And I did. I dealt with so much stubbornness and pride, not just in my marriage, because when you get married, that's a whole nother level of submission, submissiveness. You realize that you can't have things your way all the time. You realize that uh, you can't evoke arguments all the time and that people are going to 
disapprove or disagree with some of the things and that's okay. You can't always be right. There is There was so much pride, especially for me early on in our marriage that if you had something, if you was gonna come at me a certain way, I was gonna make sure I had a defense ready. And that is so, it's so proud. It's so arrogant. It makes me, it makes me look at myself in such a different light now that we've come out of that because it's like, wow, she really didn't know what she was saying. She was just saying something to be saying something because somebody said something to her. Or she was just trying to often defend herself because she had this strong spirit of defense and felt like she always had to say something back or she always had to speak up. When really, we're supposed to have a gentle spirit. We're supposed to be meek. We're supposed to be humble. We're supposed to look at ourselves as lower than. We have to remove and decisively defeat, which is what a definition of humble was, decisively defeat one that was previously thought to be superior. If we think that we are better than everyone, then we are making ourselves a God before God. So we cannot be a God before God. We have to allow God to be God, which means we have to take a lower position which means we also have to submit to his authority. And like any parent and their child, a child is supposed to submit to their parents or even outside of adult parent relationships or adult child relationships. The Bible says for wives, submit to your husband as unto the Lord. So if I can't submit to my husband and allow him to be an authority over our household, how am I supposed to submit to the Lord and allow him to be authority over my life, over my spirit? There is so much that is wrapped up in humility that we can gather from, that we can learn from, because we need to adopt a humble lifestyle. We need to adopt a spirit of gentleness. We need to adopt a submissive and quiet spirit. And so when we say blessed are the humble, the humble, those who are not proud or arrogant, those who do not show a modest or low estimate or those who do, yeah, do not show a modest or low estimate of their own importance. Those who are not lower in dignity or importance, those who do not decisively defeat the one who they previously thought was superior. When you do not do that, you are not made holy. You are not blessed. You are not consecrated and marked with the blood. And so the opposite of humility is not blessed. You are arrogant, you are prideful, you are uh, full of yourself, for lack of better words. And that is not something that we want. So blessed are the humble. It's saying that you are made holy when you are humble, but it is also saying that when you are humble, you are made holy. And so it's a twofold. And so I'm so grateful for this revelation. But if we continue through this, right? And we look at um, other places in the Bible where the Lord talks about being humble. In James 4.10, he said, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. So in order for there to be elevation, because remember when the Lord said he's going to help us, he said he's going to humble us, elevate us, lead us, and position us. It's the second, second part of help. Um, he said he's going to humble, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. So that elevation comes after humility. But there are steps to this. You cannot receive bless, blessings until you are humble. So you have to be humble first. You have to submit to the Lord. Then you can know that you are blessed. 
And once you know that you are blessed and you have placed all of your dealings, knowing that God is good, then he can lift you up and he can elevate you to that next position or that next level that he's trying to take you. But it first starts with humility, which is why so many people who succeed quickly and who are not humble fall so quickly as well, because they are not in a position to be able to sustain what God has gifted them with or what God has for them because they think of themselves as more important than the gift giver. They look at themselves as I am the gift, the gift is me, instead of I have been given this gift. And through this gift, I'm going to glorify God and give him all the praise, honor, and glory so that those who see this gift can then go up and glorify God as well, which allows him to elevate you to even more heights from glory to glory. So James 4.10 was a scripture that I loved. Another one that talks about humility is 2 Chronicles 7, verse 14, where he says, if my people are called by my, or who are called by my name, so let me start this over. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. There's so much in this passage. I kind of want to dive into this in a whole nother episode, but we're just going to touch on it really quick, right? If my people, this is 2 Chronicles 7, verse 14, the Lord said, if my people who are called by my name, so we know there is power in our names. I know that my name means who is like Christ. So anyone who imitates Christ, right? That should be you. That should be me. Anyone who imitates Christ does exactly what he does, follows in his footsteps, knows that you are chosen by God, has accepted the Christ into your life as your Lord and Savior. If you are his people who are called by his name, that's who we are, Christians, we are followers of Christ, will humble themselves. So basically will not be proud or arrogant or will not think that they're more important than anyone or will defeat superiority in their life, will humble themselves but then there's more actions that we need to do. We need to be humble and pray and seek the face of God and turn from our wicked ways. That's, that's a lot of instructions right there. He said, humble yourself, pray, seek my face and turn from your wicked ways. Then, only then, you gotta do all the, four of those things first. Only then, Will I hear from heaven and forgive your sin and heal your land? Hey there, Storyteller. I just want to interrupt this episode really quick to let you know that Faith Audio Network is now open. Faith Audio Network is our community for storytellers like you, storytellers who listen to podcasts like this, storytellers who know they have a voice and they know that God has given them a powerful gift to be able to go out and speak for him, to give him glory. So if you know that you are interested in joining a community that is going to hold you accountable, that is going to pray with you, that is going to intercede on your behalf, and that's going to sharpen your faith, this is the community for you. To learn more and to register, please visit faithaudionetwork.com. That's faithaudionetwork.com. He's going to hear us. He cannot hear us until we have humbled ourselves. We can pray and pray and pray all day, but until we submit to the Lord, he may be listening, but does he hear us? Or he may hear us, but is he listening to us? That's like a 
parent and your child is getting on your nerves and they're like, ma, 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 ma. You be like, dang, I hear you. What? You don't respond until you hear. We he like he he literally is saying, if you do these things, I will do these things. That seemed real simple to me. Pretty straightforward. If you do this, then I will do this. If I give you this, then you will give me this. Okay. So if I humble myself, whoops. There we go. If I humble myself and I pray and I seek the face of the Lord and I turn away from wickedness, then he's going to hear me and he's going to forgive me and he's going to forgive my sins and he's going to heal my land, the land, not just me, not just my, my husband, not just my family, not just my enemies. He's going to heal the entire land. I live in San Diego. He's going to hear the entire city of San Diego. He's going to hear all of California. He's going to heal the United States of America. He's going to heal the earth. But it starts with humbling ourselves. Another scripture I love where he talks about humility is um, in James 4, 6. He said, God opposed the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Now, we know that blessed means to ask God to look favorably upon or to invoke divine favor. So when he says blessed are the humble, this scripture just backs up the fact that if you humble yourselves under God, then he's going to show favor to you. It also says that he opposes the proud. He does not like the proud. He's on the opposition. He's on the other side. So if you are proud and you deal with pride, then God is not with you. So that is not of the Lord. So God opposes the proud, but he shows favor to the humble. So if we want to be marked and consecrated before the Lord, if we want to be made holy, we have to make sure that we are humble. Now, let's go into the next part, right? Blessed are the humble, for they will inherit the earth. Inherit means to come into possession of as a right or divine portion. And if you look at the word inherit, when I first broke it down in my head, I'm a words person. When I first broke it down in my head, I saw in her it. So in her is the key. In her is whatever. In her it, which makes me think about the birth of Christ, right? In Mary, Jesus came to us. It was done. It came to pass. In her, it came to pass. Through her womb, it came to pass. But if you actually look at the word inherit and you actually like look it up, it the origin of the word inherit is in heir. So in heir to the throne, appointed as heir. These are other definitions of inherit. Appointed as heir to receive money, property, or a title as an heir at the death of the previous holder. It also says to derive a quality of characteristics or predisposition genetically from one's parents or ancestors. So when we say blessed are the humble for they will inherit, that means through humility, we will come into possession or take rightful and divine, our rightful and divine portion. We will come into possession of what is ours. We will also be appointed as heirs to the throne of God, as heirs to the kingdom of heaven. Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of the father. He is our brother. And so we become heirs to the throne because we are royal priesthood and we have a heavenly father who is a king. Jesus is the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. So we are a part of the royal family. We have, we are an heir to the throne. But what I also love is it's 
you derive a quality or characteristic or disposition from your parent genetically. And so because we are blessed, we are marked and consecrated by the blood, it is through the blood. Remember, God created us. He created us in his image. It is through the blood of Christ. It's in our blood that we are able to take on our the characteristics of our father. We're able to genetically um, have the same qualities as Christ. It is in our blood, but we have to be renewed. We have to be born again. We are born into this earth in sin, but when we are renewed, when we are forgiven of our sins, when we release our, uh, when we allow the Lord to be the Lord in our life, then we are washed by the blood. We become new creatures. The old is gone and the new is here. And so through being an heir to the throne, we are able to resemble our father in all of the things. He created us in our image, but you can see that in our resemblance. So praise the Lord. But it says, blessed are the humble for they will inherit the earth. Now, most of us think of earth as just like the, the planet earth. We will inherit this planet. Praise the Lord. We will. But when I actually looked at the word earth, you know that it actually means arable land. It means the mainland or land enclosed within fixed boundaries. And it also means a tract of land or a territory, meaning that when we are blessed, we are blessed with land. The Lord is saying, I'm going to deliver this land to you, like the promised land. When Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt and into the promised land, before they got to the promised land, they had to go through this wilderness. And in this wilderness is where the previous generations were not, <laughs> were not uh, heeding the word of God. They were serving other gods. And so they were not humble. There was a lot of pride. And so because they were not humble, the previous generations were not able to go into the promised land. But Joshua's generation was able to go into the promised land. So they had to go through a period of deliverance. They had to be taken out of the land that they were in, delivered away from that, from slavery, from bondage, all the things that they struggled with into this place, this wilderness where they had to be uh, reformed or reborn or humbled. They had to be made not prideful, not arrogant. They had to get out of themselves. They had to submit to the Lord in this space, this wilderness space, so that they could be delivered into this promised land, this land, the earth that they will inherit, the territory that God had for them, their rightful possession, their inheritance, their, their rightful possession, their divine portion, so that they could be blessed and literally live in the house of God, invoke favor upon God, ask God to look favorably on them and just be happy and fortunate, have good fortune in the earth. So I thought it was so amazing how earth means a tract of land or a territory or a region or land enclosed within fixed boundaries because when we are blessed, when we are made holy, blessed are the humble. So when we are not prideful or arrogant, when we submit to the Lord and have a quiet, meek, humble, gentle spirit, we are made holy for God. We are made holy with God. We live in heaven with God and we will inherit, we will take into possession, um, receive as a right our divine portion, become appointed heirs to the kingdom of God and take possession of the land that he has for us this body that he has for us, wherever our feet step, because the Lord is going to order our steps. 
And so I was so blessed by this one scripture, Matthew 5, 5, which is one sentence, blessed are the humble for they will inherit the earth because there is so much in this that we can take from it, but the Lord is going to help us. And that second portion of help being humble, he's going to humble us, then elevate us, then lead us, then position us. It's just confirmed right here that it all starts with humility. It all starts with humility. And what I love is that in Philippians chapter two, one through 11, let me flip on over to Philippians, Corinthians, Colossians, okay, Philippians chapter two. This is where Jesus chose humility. And what I love is that we are supposed to imitate Christ. We are supposed to literally imitate, like we, what he does, we need to reflect. His life is an example that we can follow. And in Philippians 2, um, verses 1 through 11, it talks about Christian humility. And it talks about how Christ's humility exalted him. It elevated him. And it says, uh, this is again, Philippians, Philippians 2, verse 1. It says, if then there is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy... Make my joy complete by thinking the same way, having the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, consider yourselves as consider yourselves as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Verse five, adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus who existed in the form of God did not consider e who existed in the form of God but did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited instead he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant taking on the likeness of humanity and when he had come as a man he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even to death on a cross for this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus came on this earth knowing his mission. He came on this earth knowing who sent him, and he came on this earth with the ability to be God. He is the physical manifestation of God in the flesh. So this is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So Jesus was born God the Son. He had the ability to be a God on this earth, to be God, not a God, to be God on this earth. But instead, instead, he emptied himself. And the way that he emptied himself is that he took on the likeness of humanity. So he became one of us. He became a human being. And when he became a man, a, a man in the flesh, when he became flesh, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on the cross. So he humbled himself by killing off himself, his physical self, his physical desires, his flesh, his wants, his needs, his selfishness, whatever he felt, he killed it. And the Bible says that we need to crucify our flesh daily. But Jesus humbled himself to be like us, to show us that we can do the same thing. 
His life is an example that we can follow, which is why it says adopt the same attitude as that of Christ. We are supposed to adopt this. We've been adopted into the family. This is our brother. We can reflect him. We are literally imitators of Christ. We can be imitators of what he did. What he did on the earth, we can do on the earth as well. And because he, his blood was shed, we can now enter into relationship with our father. And so blessed are the humble. Blessed are the humble. And I'm so grateful that Jesus humbled himself so that we could be blessed. And I'm so grateful that Jesus humbled himself so that we could inherit the earth and the land that God has for us physically and spiritually. I'm so blessed to embrace humility. I'm so blessed to embrace humility because this is an opportunity for us. The fact that we're still here on this earth, that we are still alive, means that we have time to be disciplined by our Father, to be prepared for the return to our heavenly kingdom, our heavenly home. But while we are here on earth and we ask the Lord's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, we are bringing down the blessings from heaven into our lives here through grace, through humility, and through obedience to our Lord and Savior. And so blessed are the humble. So I want to wrap this up in our story method. I think this went a lot longer than I expected. Sorry, guys. But I want to wrap this up just by um, acknowledging our story, right? So the story method that we look at, this is how um, I also study the Bible. Strengths. What are some strengths that we can pull from this passage, this one sentence? What are strengths? Number one, I said this is an instruction. This is a promise and this is a blessing. We knew that beatitudes means blessing. So the Lord blessed us with the blessing to be humble and the blessing to be blessed by humility and the blessing to inherit the land that he has for us. This is a strength. What, number two, technique. So what is a technique we can pull from this? Humility. That is a technique. That's all we need to pull. <laughs> Humility not only receives divine favor, but it takes possession of the land. Humility makes us holy. Humility gives us the ability to live with God. Humility allows us to submit. Humility allows us to be appointed as heirs to the kingdom of God. That is the technique. We need to be humble which means we need to remove pride, we need to remove arrogance, and we need to submit to the Lord and have a quiet and gentle spirit before the Lord. What about obstacles? Oh, in our story method. What obstacles can we see here? Well, a common obstacle we might see is to remove, remove pride and arrogance. That takes humility. We can't just be like, I don't want to be like, I, you can't tell me what to do. Like, no, someone has to show you, you. And for me, someone had to show me, me, and it was my husband. He had to show me me and show me who I was and what I kept bringing in and how I was so stubborn and so prideful. The Lord will show you, you. He will point a mirror to your face and be like, you really think this is what I created you to be? That can be an obstacle for some, but God, Jesus, who we know in Philippians 2, chose to be humble and take the form of humanity. So he showed us that even if we do struggle with pride and arrogance, it can be overcome by humbling ourselves and submitting ourselves to, under him right? All we have to do is reflect him. So that is an obstacle. Another obstacle, um, or not obstacle, uh, for the R in our story method, the relationship, the only relationship we need to focus on is the relationship with Christ. Not only did he speak these words to his disciples, his followers, but he showed us through example in Philippians 2, verse 1 through 11, that this is who we need to be. We need to imitate Christ. We need to adopt, adopt, the same mindset, the same mission, the same goals, the same purpose as Christ. We need to stand as one in the body of Christ. And then our why, right? That's the last part of our story method, our why. Um, why do we need to do this? 
or why is it important for me to do this? I can't speak for you, but I can speak for myself. Why is it important for me to do this? Because if I am humble, I am able to imitate Christ, which means I'm able to be made holy. I'm able to be marked and consecrated with the blood. I'm able to live with God. I'm able to remove pride or stubbornness. I'm able to receive favor from the Lord. I'm able to inherit what is rightfully mine, what God promised me. I'm able to take possession of land. So even physically, some of the things that I desire to buy a home, to, to expand our territory, enlarge our territory, I'm able to take possession of the land that God has for me. And I'm able to be a witness that what happens internally you know, when I humble myself inside, what happens spiritually is able to be reflected externally and people are able to see the light of Christ, the divine favor of Christ in my life because I've chosen to submit myself to Christ internally. So the internal becomes reflected in the external, which we know is a result of imitating our heavenly father. Oh, y'all, this was so good. Uh, this was so good. I hope you didn't miss it. That's all I got for today. I really hope you didn't miss this. This was such a blessing for me. And I told you, I couldn't just not share it with you. Like the Lord gave me this word. And I'm like, can I share it with the people? And he was like, go ahead, share it with the people. Um, so I'm so blessed that I was able to share this with you today. And I thank you for joining me for another episode of the Faith-Based Storyteller Show. If you want to learn how to tell your story and you want to learn how to uh, utilize the story method, visit faithbasedstoryteller.com. That's where you can grab the story method for free. Um, and I'll walk you through how I use it, not just in a biblical sense, but also in a earthly sense and creating content and all the things. But this story method has really changed my life for real when it comes to studying the Bible. But go ahead and download your story method at faithbasedstoryteller.com. If you resonate with this message, like feel free to comment your takeaways. Feel free to like, feel free. Please subscribe. That would be nice. Um, but I'm probably asking you to do a lot of things. So I'm just going to say subscribe, <laughs> comment, and go get your story method. Okay. But just know that blessed are the humble for they will inherit the earth. You will be blessed if you are humble. When you are humble, when the Lord humbles you, you will be made holy. You will inherit, you will take possession of what he has for you. So just remember, blessed are the humble for they will inherit the earth. All right, I'm getting back into the same thing that I just talked about. So I'm gonna just let y'all go. But until next time, always remember that God loves you and so do I. I'll talk to you in the next episode. Bye.